Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. Hi, I'm Helene Wasserman, and I'm a shareholder in Littler's Los Angeles offices. We now have part two of our series on demystifying litigation in the COVID-19 era, all about jury trials. And today's podcast talks about trial theme development during and post-COVID. As any trial attorney knows, trial theme development begins when you are first introduced to the lawsuit. But as the case progresses towards trial, pondering the jury pool, the people who will be deciding your client's fate, is central in developing the themes that the jury will be reflecting upon. And who the jurors are and the lens through which they will be viewing the evidence is very different now in this COVID era. With me is Dr. Dan Gallipo, co-founder and president of Dispute Dynamics, a nationally recognized jury consulting firm. For decades, Dan has worked with clients nationally and internationally, assisting them in the formulation and communication of trial themes and strategies and preparing witnesses and jury selection. Thanks, Dan, for joining us. Thank you. So, Dan, as a jury consultant, you work with attorneys in developing the themes that they will be presenting to their juries. While there haven't been that many jury trials yet in this COVID era, do you have any insights and have you developed any theories as to how this COVID lens will impact how the jurors actually perceive the evidence that is presented to them? Yes, I have. A lot of what I've seen so far is tracking what I saw 10 years ago in the depths of the financial meltdown or even other sort of traumatic events before that. And that includes things such as jurors are more anxious and not focused, which means that their willingness to dive into fine details is more limited. So you're going to have a shorter attention span. They want evidence quick to the point with visual reinforcement. They're also angrier. There's more mistrust for the system and for corporations. And you see examples of that from the money for small businesses that was then, quote, taken away by the big corporations and other forms of sort of reinforcement that big corporations are only in it for the money. You're looking at issues such as, do you attack the plaintiff or not? And in this environment, it's going to be more dangerous to do a personal attack on the plaintiff, even if the plaintiff deserves it. You're also going to have more issues dealing with mitigation, given the limited, if not zero, job options available to the plaintiff. And you're going to have to really develop a very simple thematic story based on what people already believe. And that's critical because building on what people already believe is going to give you and the witness credibility very quickly because in their heads, jurors are going, that makes sense to me. That's what I would have done. So now that there have not been any trials going on, I have not tried any cases during this COVID era. I've been doing a lot of reading and research about what these trials are going to look like and what the jurors are going to look like. And one of the things I came across, Dan, was on your website, you have an article about plaintiff's case and the notion of reptile theory. Can you explain what that is and how that applies in this COVID era? Reptile theory is really nothing new. 
um, based on my experience and the uh, ongoing research that we've done, you know, I've learned where the pitfalls are for the defense, as well as, you know, in my discussions with uh, experienced trial attorneys. And what it basically is, is this notion that the focus is on the defendant. It's on the corporation. It's on making sure that the company has its ducks in a row, so to speak, for protection of the larger community. And so when we talk about reptile theory, a way I like to talk about it is, don't think of jurors as pro-plaintiff. Think of those people as anti-defense, because that's their focus. So obviously part of our job being defense attorneys is to deselect the anti-defense juries during jury selection. Is that more difficult now? No, it's really isn't. It's going to be the same as always. I mean, there's additional markers you need to explore, such as if they've had experience with waivers or what uh, their experience has been with the pandemic and the financial fallout. But fundamentally, the process hasn't changed at all, and I don't see it as particularly more difficult. So how do you suggest that a defense attorney countermand reptile theory? I think that there are a number of things that can be done. Most importantly is don't play the game. Don't make it the individual versus the company. I'm very serious when I tell my clients to get into the mindset of being a plaintiff. Now, what do I mean by that? You want to develop a case in a manner that puts the jurors in the shoes of the individual defense witnesses and have these witnesses answer the questions that's in the jurors' minds. And that is going to go beyond just the, the legal questions because the jurors are always going to be assessing, that makes sense to me, or what would I have done? So you want to anchor the testimony of the witnesses, the themes that you develop in what the jurors find reasonable and what they think they would have done. And you want to start that early. It's not something to develop a trial. When you're doing those initial interviews about who you might want as a witness, aside from just getting the chronological facts, get the environmental facts. How did you feel? Were you doing this late at night? Were you doing this on the weekend? Were you sort of stressed out because the time frames were, were short? And that's a critical component because what's unique about the pandemic compared to other events that came before this is the timeframes, the compression, business disappearing overnight or within days, and decisions that might have taken a couple of weeks, you've got 24 hours to make. Companies are literally in survival mode. That compressed environment is something that the witness needs to bring out and how it is affecting them as a person. You need to paint that picture so the jurors can become part of that environment. Are there any specific themes that you believe resonate with jurors now than more than before due to COVID or the other societal issues we're currently facing? There are a number of themes. And, and in fact, we have been running sort of online mock trials on a number of active cases in preparation for future trial dates. And it's confirming what our experience has been and what we've seen in the past. The things that the jurors are caring about, not surprisingly in this environment, is 
you know, are you following the advice of, of experts? Again, th these objective third parties, it could be a medical expert, it could be an outside HR investigator, but they want that person to be objective. You know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. Is this someone that is gonna play it straight and tell the company what's going on? The rules, you know, the rules need to be equally enforced. You always hear from jurors that they treat this person differently. And that's typically one of the plaintiff themes. Another point is, did the company act promptly? How fast the company responds is viewed by many jurors as insight into how much the company really cares, how much they're really motivated to get at the truth. And clearly in this environment, jobs. One of the things that's important to the more defense jurors is saving jobs. And so rather than talking in terms of, well, we let 4,000 people go, we furloughed 4,000 people, flip it around and talk about, we did this, we acted quickly to save as many jobs as we can. We saved you know, 4,000 jobs. So those are a couple of the really key points. The last one I think is worth mentioning is, and this is in more of a, of a of sort of a rift situation, is most jurors think that the job skills you started out with are the same job skills that you use 20 years later. You have to educate the jurors and maybe perhaps build the theme which said, you know, the necessary skills changed, that skills change as you move up the corporate ladder. Classic example, again, building into what jurors believe is the engineer. He was a great engineer, got promoted, he was a lousy manager. Everybody has some variation of that story. It works, I've done it, and you need to anchor it in that reality. Well, Dan, some of these themes that you've just explained, the idea of uh, following expert advice, following rules and such, some of these themes did exist pre-COVID. How is the lens that a jury now is looking at those themes changed? Less tolerance for sloppiness. Now, the challenge is going to be that given the compressed timeframes, procedures haven't always been followed. Documentation may be non-existent, inaccurate, fragmentary. That's the reality. And I've seen that just from my conversations with clients. And rather than sort of going into the yes, but let me explain, because as I said, jurors want to know procedures were followed, embrace the chaos. That's going to be one of the big differences. It's going to be a situation where, depending on the facts of the case, you have to look at the jury and say, look, you know, things were changing hourly, forget weekly. We were in survival mode. The focus was on action, on getting things done, not on necessarily documenting everything. Because if you go into yes, but, it just sounds too defensive. But does that embracing the chaos say we're going to trial with a post-COVID jury about conduct that occurred pre-COVID? Can defendants still utilize this embrace the chaos theory and still have it work? If the events predate COVID, then it's not going to be as effective. And the elements that are still going to work is the ones that have, have always worked. A number of things that are worth looking at are rather than attack the plaintiff, is there information 
that the plaintiff wasn't aware of when they made their allegation or engaged in certain acts. Is there a way of bringing out and perhaps redefining the story that, you know, the plaintiff is mistaken, they didn't have all the information. A variation of that is plaintiff didn't cooperate with the investigation, didn't tell us witnesses, didn't disclose certain facts. That has always been effective. It will continue to be effective. And those basic approaches are something that counsel should continue to do. The other thing is the timelines. Timing of events, how long did someone wait to file the lawsuit? How fast did they get an attorney? Those continue to be critical questions. Again, the challenging part is because people are now more stressed out, they just have a harder time keeping track of things and remembering details. So you're gonna to have to keep it simple. You're gonna to have to reinforce it visually, but it's the same fundamental arguments that an experienced counsel has, has used for a long time. So it truly does sound like keeping it simple while always has been a good idea for juries, now is even more paramount in developing themes for juries. Do you agree, Dan? Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for part three in our series, which is going to talk a little bit more about jury trials during post-COVID era and what they're actually going to look like. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.